Welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. I overcome. It's what I do. Say we overcome. It's what we do. I declare. I step behind my past. I step beyond my past into a God future. Open my mind. Open my heart. Strengthen us in every area. In the name of Jesus. And a faithful church alive said, Come on, let's give God some praise one more time. We praise you, we thank you, we worship you, we love you. Amen and amen. Grab your seat. Thank you, worship team. Can we love it on our worship team for a moment? And production team, thank you guys. Thank you all that you do. How many of you parents in the house say yes? Some of you excited? Some of you are tired. <laughs> Parenting life. Uh, my daughter said to me a great line. It's funny, when my daughter has been five and six, Shelly said something amazing to me at five, and I've used that as an illustration. But this uh, week, my daughter said to me, uh, and she said it with an accent, like a, a like sarcasm, like, like attitude. She was like, Daddy, where'd I come from? And then she was like, and why am I so funny? Because it's probably something my wife says to her all the time, like, where did you come from? And I was like, God. And then I was like, through mummy's belly. I didn't have time to get the birds and the bees, if you know what I mean. But I found it interesting that she said to me, why am I funny? Like, it's kind of like, where did I come from, but why am I here? It was both. It was that great question. Questions are powerful, aren't they? Questions will lead you both to the wrong places and to the right places. You ask better questions of yourself. You ask better questions of the Bible. You ask better questions of the limitations of your life. And all of a sudden, instead of problems, you will start to see solutions. Someone say, ask better questions. It's interesting that the first question of Scripture, God is the one who asks it. He says, Adam... Why didn't you turn your phone off? Actually, I'm sorry. No, I misquoted that one. He says, Adam, where are you? Now, let me ask you a question while you turn off your phones. <laughs> now, 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 here, I don't want to give you a hard time for having your phone on because you should have been texting transform. However, once you've text transformed, then put it on mute. Okay, can we do that together? It's amazing that God asked the question, but it wasn't for God. It was for Adam. And ever since then, you and I have actually been asking questions like, why am I here? Where did I come from? What's the purpose of my life? What's right and what's wrong? What happens to me after I die? These are the four or five big questions of life. It's interesting that the disciples asked Jesus, 
Not a question, but a statement, but I believe it came from a question. They said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. It was a request, but it had to come from a question. Because the question to me is, how come you pray and get results? That's a good question. Say that with me. How come you pray and get results? Have you ever met someone that prays and gets results? Come on, have you ever met someone, if you're online today, have you ever met someone that prays but doesn't just pray, they get results? There's something about the way they pray. Let me tell you, let me give you one of the biggest hints you'll ever, you'll ever get when it comes to prayer. Get around people who know how to pray and it'll rub off on you. It'll be like the flu. It'll be like, <coughs> before you know it, you're like, how come I'm praying like they're praying? Jesus is hanging around the disciples and they ask him, teach us to pray, Lord. And I want to talk to you today why prayer is so vital. If you're taking notes, that's the title of my talk. Why is prayer so vital? And the first thought today is this, prayer is the great connector to your purpose. If, you wanna, if, you, if you've ever asked yourself, why am I here? I'm telling you right now that it'll be prayer that begins to discover that. Every man in here, you'll ask yourself this question, what am I gonna do with my life? Every woman in here, you'll ask yourself, what am I gonna do with my life? Sometimes when life hits you wrongly, you say, what now? And prayer will be the great connector to your purpose. In Genesis chapter four, verse 26, all the way back in the beginning, at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. I wanna tell someone today who's not used to prayer, prayer kind of, you're like, I'm not sure about prayer. For thousands of years, People have prayed. Every nation, every tribe, every there's something in man that God put there himself that makes you want to pray, that makes you call out for something. You look at life and go, isn't there something more? What's wrong with life? What's wrong with me? You ever thought to yourself, what's wrong with me? I know this side of the room hasn't thought about that, but I reckon this side of the room has. You ever thought to yourself, like, what's wrong with me? I don't believe Adam ever said that. Why? Sin had not tarnished life yet. He knew why he was alive. So if you connect to God, you also will know why you're alive. If you keep connected to God, you also will know why you are alive. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says this, He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in His time. He has also planted eternity. Someone say eternity. A sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Oh, it's good, isn't it? God has put something in you that I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how successful you get. I don't even care how blessed you are in certain facets. There will be a gap in your life without that connection to the divine. But how many know that the heart cries out for prayer, but the flesh cries out for the flesh? And I would say that the flesh cries out for more. Wouldn't you say that? I would say that many times the flesh cries out, and then finally when the flesh breaks you, that's when that inner voice starts to say, this doesn't work. I need God. Someone say, I need God. 
Jesus put it this way, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. He said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a famous passage of Scripture. Haven't you noticed that the famous passage of Scripture get overworn on you? You've heard them before. You're like, I know that one. Isn't it funny that we go, I know that one. How many know it's deeper than that? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. This is the promise to give you a future and a hope. Here's the promise, but here's the path. Watch the next verse, verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There is a promise, but there is a path. God is the God of promise, but he is also the God of path. Are you with me? The promise is there for you. The promise is to overcome. The promise is to be more. The promise is God has something for you. God, the, the promise is God has something individual for you, but also corporately for you. God has something individual for Anthony, but corporately for Anthony. There is both individual and corporate. And many times people are so looking for the individual purpose that they disconnect from the corporate purpose. But let me connect you and plant you to the local house of God where you'll flourish and when you'll grow. Because God never, He he doesn't individually show you something and then never connect you to a bunch of people to fulfill it. Men, you gotta get around strong men. Women, you're going to get around strong women. Young people, you're going to get around young people who have a fire for God. Because if you don't have a fire for God, haven't you noticed you'll have a fire for everything else? The vehicle to your purpose is prayer. Man, if you, if you again, if, 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 if you don't get prayer, if you're kind of like, man, I'm not sure about prayer. Let me put it this way to you. I'm wearing a key on my chain today. Someone gave it to me and... Prayer is key to the palace. Prayer is the key to the palace. Don't ignore the key and try seek the palace. Prayer is the key that opens the door so that you and I step into the palace. Like, how come? I, how can I get more? Be more blessed by God. Some of you are missing the key. I'm not talking ritualistically. I'm not talking pray more out of guilt and condemnation. I'm just gonna try and lead us this year. That's why we're fasting this year 10 different times throughout each month. Why? Because I don't just wanna have a theology of prayer. We need a practology of prayer, which is I don't wanna talk to you about pray more, pray more and never lead you to times of prayer. Does that make sense? Watch what Paul taught In Acts chapter 17, for as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. It's okay to be ignorant about prayer. I want to say to you, it's not okay to stay ignorant about prayer. It's okay to be ignorant about God. It's not okay to stay ignorant about God. Paul is telling them, listen, you are unsure of this, but I'm going to give you definitive answers on this. I was at a baseball game, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And they were like, Lord of heavens, woman, universe, creator of everything and nothing, one who can be known and unknown. And as I listened to the prayer, I was so confused. Because the prayer was trying to please everyone while pleasing no one. 
The only person it was pleasing was someone who was confused. Because as I thought about it, I'm like, you're definitely not pleasing Buddha, but you're definitely not pleasing Jesus. And you're not pleasing the atheist. Who are you pleasing? And Paul goes up to a place that was known for idol worship and every worship. And then he says, to the one you don't know, I'm about to proclaim him to you. And he says, his name is the Lord Yahweh, Jesus the Son, Christ the Holy Spirit. God has a definite name. God has a definite address. Let me put it this way to you. I, I hope if you live in Nutley and you say, Anthony, come over to my house and I go to Lyndhurst and I knock on someone's door and then I say, hey, are you there? And I text you and then I call you and you're like, you're in Lyndhurst. That's the second time. Are you, are you with me? God isn't moving his house for you. God isn't, isn't changing his name for you. Are you with me, Church Alive? Come on, are you with me? Do you know that was my phone? That was my iPad. I was like, when is this person going to shut it off? Stop distracting church in Jesus' name. person obviously doesn't know me very well. There we go. Now I'm going to put down the volume. Still there? Because if you're calling me Sunday morning, you don't know me. <laughs> you know that's a telemarketer. He doesn't know me. I'm in church. Calling me Sunday morning, pretending you're my friend. You ain't my friend. You don't know me. <laughs> Acts chapter 3 verse 16 says this, by faith in the name of what? By faith in the name of who? By faith in the name of what? This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is whose name? Whose name? Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. They were unapologetic. His name was Jesus. I know there's pressure sometimes and fear to, to kind of hinder you and stop you talking in that name. But let us throw off that fear and overcome that fear. His name is Jesus. His way is truth. His way is grace. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He died for you. Come on, He died for you. Come on, get passionate about that name. Devils tremble at that name. Amen. My second thought today. Come on, you're getting too excited too early. <laughs> Prayer enables you to prioritize heaven's agenda over earth's noise. How noisy is this earth? 
How noisy is the world we live in? How noisy. You and I have everything at our fingertips, t- fingertips with our iPads and our iPhones and our computers. And we can research everything. We can hear everything. We can, we can entertain ourselves for hours. We can educate ourselves for hours. We can misinform ourselves for hours. We can do all of this. But here's what I've noticed, church. That heaven has a different agenda. And prayer is the thing that actually gets you and I focused on heaven's agenda. Let me tell you, when it comes to TVs and social media and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of like a roller coaster, isn't it? It's like, this is important, like save the dolphins. And then the next week, you kind of got to save the whales. And the next week, you got to save the planet and the earth. And the next week, it's, it's what does Hollywood think? And what does this athlete think? And what's the political thing going on? And all this kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and have you noticed that they're changing it every single time? For 40 years, the, the media's been telling me what their priority is. But they've never once, weirdly enough, told me what heaven's priority is. If you're spending so long listening to the news or social media, 95% of your time on that, how many know that you're going to be led by that? Listen to that, listen to that again. If you're spending all your time listening to that and feeding that, and then you put a little bit of a sprinkling of Scripture, you kind of just give a little salt. There's the steak. Your steak is media, and then just give a little flavor. Some of you get that. Some of you don't. It's okay. You'll get it later. What will you have? You'll be led by the media, but you'll want to sprinkle some scripture on it. You'll be led by their priorities, but you'll want to throw a little God stuff on it. So you'll be passionate about that, but you'll try to find a verse. Right? You'll be emotionally driven by it. Do you understand that? And you'll listen to it and it'll be the driving thing, but occasionally you'll throw a verse on it so it'll sound Christian. (laughs) Prayer enables you to prioritize heaven's agenda over earth's noise. Let me say that one day you'll stand before God and I'm pretty sure that God won't say to you, listen, If only you'd played more video games. If only you'd spent more time mastering video games. I I could have really used you. You could have been my vessel. You You could have been amazing. It just would have been so good if you just would have spent more of your time prioritizing video games. And again, sometimes the church has been good at satanizing everything. I'm not saying hobbies are bad. I'm not saying video games are bad. I went snowboarding yesterday. It's a great time with my son and friends. But life isn't about snowboarding. I like watching movies with my kids and with my family. That's a good family time, right, Marco? Right, it's a good family time. But my life can't be about movies. And our hobbies, let me say this, man. Listen, get a hold of your hobbies. Find a God-given purpose. Hobbies should help your purpose, not hinder them. Hobbies should help them, not hinder them. They help with times of refreshing. They, they help you. There's nothing wrong with TV except if you're watching wrong TV. 
There's nothing wrong with video games unless you're disconnecting from your God-given responsibilities. There's nothing wrong with those things if you're actually loving your wife, right? There's nothing wrong with those things, right? We don't demonize those things. There's nothing wrong with with fitness and health as long as it isn't all-consuming. It's actually good. It's, It's in a healthy place. There's nothing wrong. And I want you to flourish and grow in your career. But if all you do is think about that, how many know it's prayer that brings you back to the priority? It is prayer that brings you back to the priority. John chapter 6, verse 14. After the people saw the sign, someone say the sign. Someone say, what was the sign? Jesus just fed 5,000 people and so they're literally freaking out. They're like, how is he doing this? He's playing multiplication with, with two loaves and fish and he's turning it into a fast food restaurant. It's amazing. And they wanted to make him king because it was a sign of a prophet that Elijah had fed with a hundred different men with one lunch and Jesus feeds 20,000 people with one lunch. And they literally said, you're going to be the king. And the Bible says this, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Watch this now. How many know it's not a bad thing to be king? Like it might be attractive to be king. How many came up to you and said, do you want to be a king? You were like, no, stop it. (laughs) They'd be like, okay, I mean, I don't want to be bashful. I I thought God had more for me. (laughs) How many know sometimes man's promotion isn't God's promotion? Sometimes man's promotion isn't God's promotion. Sometimes getting the business you want, but you compromised all your character to get it wasn't man's promotion. It was, sorry, it was man's promotion. It wasn't God's promotion. But if you do it with character and in his time, he will promote you. Can I get a good amen? In 2020, how many know in 2020 was kind of a weird year? 2020 was a weird year and, and, and I would often pray about some of the issues and I found that the Lord wouldn't talk to me about the issues. I'd pray about like masks. It's like, Lord, what do I do about masks? He didn't talk to me about masks. It's like, Lord, what do we do about COVID? What do we do about this? What do we do about that? And the Lord didn't talk to me about that, but here's what he kept on talking to me about. He kept on saying to me, keep building men. Because there's all these voices out there, but what's my priority? I'd say, what do you need me to do? And I kept getting this prick, like, build men. I kept getting this other prick, speak up for the unborn. Because prayer brings priority. Say that with me, prayer brings priority. Someone say, prayer helps me see what is my priorities. Someone say, open my eyes, open my spiritual eyes, that I might see my priorities. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 and 23, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Again, he just fed them and now he dismissed them. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside where by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Prayer will get you to prioritize your life. I was 
spending time with a, uh, a church leader a number of years ago, and, and I've grown to know him and, and be familiar with him. And, and he was telling me about how his life was all ministry and all ministry and all ministry, and, and he would travel here, there, and everywhere, but he didn't prioritize his marriage. And so he's doing ministry and doing ministry and doing ministry. He was doing amazing things and all over in different nations. He's like, and I kept on doing all this ministry. And it was like ministry, I'm doing stuff and I'm making a difference. I'm doing this. And then his wife ended up having so many unmet needs that how many know that when you have massive unmet needs that then all of a sudden when someone just gives you a little twinkle in the eye, that, that little twinkle in the eye looks more attractive because you are not getting your needs met at home. So before you know it, she starts having an affair and then marriage falls apart. But how many you know that when your marriage falls apart, you stop doing ministry? So what did he really need to do? He needed to pray so that he had heaven's priority and not say yes to every speaking engagement that came his way. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Say that with me. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. If you get a promotion to Florida, doesn't mean it's God. It doesn't mean it's not God. Pray about it. You might get a 10,000 a year promotion, yet you'll bring your kids away to an environment where they know no one and all they've got is backslidden people around them and then they get on drugs and would it have been worth it? Consider the Lord's prayer for a moment. Father, In heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive me my sins. A lot of people on social media are good at pointing people, other people's sins out. But I found that humility actually gets you to shut up. (laughs) Someone say shut up. That was, don't worry, it wasn't for you, it was for the person next to you. Prayer is the path of the humble. Proverbs 15, verse 33, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord. Watch this now. Humility comes before honor. How many want to be honored? Say yes. If you don't want to be honored, you don't know what honor is. But humility comes before honor. Let me say this. When you pridefully lift yourself you're setting yourself up for a fall but when you humble yourself you set yourself up for a promotion but the weird thing is it doesn't look like it at first haven't you noticed that sometimes it looks like it works when you promote yourself and push yourself and make it all about yourself it works for seasons and then it seems to break you but I found if you'll keep prayerful keep obedient keep following keep following God will honor you but then guess what you can't just stop there you gotta keep praying and keep obedient and keep honoring and then God can promote you how many know what I'm talking about the Pharisees were actually big on prayer but they were big on pointing out other people's problems the verse of scripture that has been in my heart and my wife actually talked about it After, I think, our second worship song, James chapter 1, look at this verse. My dear brothers and sisters, this is the brother of Jesus, James, talking to every Christian. Someone say every Christian. 
every person that trusts in the name of God. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how young, doesn't matter how new. He says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to tweet, slow to insta, slow to my opinion, slow down, slow down. I have to post. Someone said to me the other day, you should post about it because everyone's talking about it. I'm like, I don't need to post about it because everyone's talking about it. Who says what everyone else is talking about is my priority? I'm serious when I say that. Like, pastor, if you don't say anything, three days later, it'll be something else. Three days later, it'll be something else. Four days later, it'll be something else. Seven days later, it'll be something else. And all you'll be is a roller coaster Christian, roller coaster leader. But I've never heard the media say, worship the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbors yourself. I've never heard the media say, go in all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Yet those are the greatest commands of our Savior Jesus. The greatest command, worship the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as you do yourself. Make disciples. Take a seat for a moment. Take a seat. I'm almost done. At the end of service today, we're going to have our prayer team pray for people. My life was changed at the altar. My life was changed at the altar when someone prayed for me. I sat in church for years. I heard preaching and I heard teaching and it was great, built my faith, made it knowledgeable, all that kind of stuff. But how many you know that knowledge by itself just doesn't do it for you, right? Your knowledge needs a fire. And the Holy Spirit is that fire. And I was a Christian for 18 years and my mother looks at me one day and she says, Anthony, you haven't got prayed for in a long time. And, 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 and I felt God was moving in that service. So I walked up the front to get prayer. And I, I promise you, I walked out one way and I left different. I walked out, someone prayed for me, and I literally fell over. Never happened before. The presence of God came on me like this. I'm not saying you need to fall over. Some people fall over, but it doesn't, doesn't mean you're more spiritual. It just happened to me. I fell over, the presence of God came all over me. I lay there for about a minute, got up, walked out of church, and my mother and my brother were, for some reason, arguing about something. <laughs> Just worship Jesus. Now let's argue. And in my heart, this repentant attitude happened. I said to myself, oh, I guess I no longer drink anymore. No, actually, I said, I, I no longer get drunk anymore. Because his presence was so good I was like why do I need the substitute called alcohol and drugs it's a substitute isn't it Derek it's a substitute if I'm always seeking I have to be filled with something else therefore what I'm actually saying is I'm empty and I walked out of church and went oh I no longer need to get drunk anymore 
because heaven wasn't someday, heaven was today. And I pray for some of you today that heaven will not be someday, off in the far sweet by and by, one day when I die, the kingdom of heaven is now. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is now. The presence of God is now. The Holy Spirit is now. He's here to change your life. Come on. Let me give you my last point today. I'm getting excited today. Prayer opens the door for the power of God to flow. Look, listen, listen, I want to give you a bit of Bible. How many know the Bible is important? <laughs> it is the foundation, just in case you're wondering. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. Someone say wait for the gift. Someone say gift. Someone say Christmas. Someone say gift. Someone say good. For the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John, he baptized, immersed you with water. But in a few days, you will be immersed with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.14, they all joined together. Someone say together. They all joined together. Someone say together. They all joined together. Someone say together. There's private prayer, then there's together prayer. Both of them are important. They all joined together constantly in prayer which meant this prayer was waiting when Jesus told them to wait they went to pray I thought you said wait Lord shouldn't we put on some Netflix and just wait for you to do it he's like no I want you to wait but as you're waiting I want you to pray so that you're in the right position so that you can receive my purpose and receive my power in your life when you wait you position yourself so that you can receive both purpose and power Let me say that again, when you wait, when we wait as a church, when we wait, when we pray individually and corporately, we wait so that the Holy Spirit might come down and unleash upon your life. Let me believe that. They all join together. Someone say together. Constantly in prayer along with the women of Mary, the mother of Jesus with His brothers. That's why it's important to pray as a family. Pray together at dinner time. Just... If you don't do that, start now. Just pray together. Every dinner time, just pray together. Pray together as a couple. Pray together in our transform groups. Pray together as a church. 5 a.m. club, pray together. Private, pray together. Acts 2. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. Let me say this about praise. I said this at the first service and I want to give you some practical when it comes to prayer because otherwise you just leave and you're not sure what to do. Pick a place, someone said place. Pick a time, someone said time. Someone said pick a book. If you don't know where to go, read the book of Acts starting now. Start today. Pick a time, pick a place, pick a small book. Just start to slowly go through it consistently. Eat breakfast every morning. Eat the Word every morning, right? Have coffee every morning. How many coffee people? It's enjoy. I love it. I, I do my coffee and I read my Bible. They go together like ham and cheese. It's a little ham and cheese sandwich. They go together like oatmeal and blueberries. They go together like apple pie and ice cream. They go together like steak and salt. 
Pick a, t- pick a time, pick a place, pick a book. Also, I just want to say this quickly. Honor, praise, and worship in the house of God so that you don't try to come on time, you come early. Because the purpose of church isn't just to connect to God. The purpose of church is to connect to people and God. It's both. Therefore, how many know that when you show up late to church, you're like 15 minutes late, you're just like rushing, you're mad at yourself? Like, I'm late again. <laughs> so you're like, I know that well. I'm, I'm actually a master of it. I've had doctorate degree in being late. <laughs> Doctor late. Sorry. But when you aim to come early, how many know your heart's in a better place? You're not kicking the cat, not kicking the dog, not fighting with your wife on the way to. You, you're early and then guess what? You talk to people, you smile at people. You smile at people and you connect to people. And then when worship starts, your heart's kind of already there. Like, ooh. And so instead of, how many know that sometimes it takes you five minutes, but other times it seems to take you 20 minutes to get in the presence of God. But how many know when your heart's in the right place, you get there faster. Here's why you get there faster, because you honor what He honors. You honor what He honors. When you honor what He honors, He blesses you with His honor. Stand here for you. In a moment, we're going to ask people to come forward to get prayer. How many still believe in prayer? How many still believe in healing? How many believe in the gifts of the Spirit? How many believe that God wants to do something new this year in your life, in this church? He does, He does. Listen, if the line's too long to get prayer today, you can come next week or just come to the next service. But I want to say this first. John baptized in water. The promise of Jesus was to immerse in the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for us that there will come a fire on you. Some of you just need to pray this simple prayer. God, give me a fire to pray. Pray that with me. God, give me a fire to pray. I open my heart to your gifts, to your presence, to all that you are. Help me throw off the past. I put my trust in Jesus and I open my heart to you. In the name of Jesus. Close your eyes. Father, I pray over every life right now. I declare your power, your presence, your anointing over every life, every life, every mind, every heart, those watching online, Lord, those who are in our kids' room right now, the teachers, the kids. Father, I declare your presence, your glory, your power, Lord, stirring, filling. Lord, let a fire come on your church to pray this year. Let a fresh fire come on, Lord, those who've been mature, those who've been Christians a long time. But I pray for the young and I pray for the new Christian that they would get a fire this day. 
for prayer. Lord, there would be something drawing them, something calling them to pray. Lord, would you stir the fire? Stir the fire, I pray. Stir the fire, I pray. Let a fire from heaven come over this house in the Name of Jesus. Lord, let signs and wonders be done in the Name of Your servant. Let a boldness and fresh faith come upon this house in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name, I pray. today that some of them would just have this stirring to pray and they put on some worship and then your presence would meet them like you've never met them before and all of a sudden your goodness and mercy would flow to them let it flow to them prophesy praying men in this church I prophesy praying women in this church I prophesy praying young people teenagers, youth, in the name of Jesus. I prophesy some of the, the people who are elder of stature and feel like, what, what could God do for me? You may be the one who prays some things into being that no one else is going to pray. God is not done with you yet. Let a, let a fresh fire come upon your life in Jesus' name. Let a fresh fire come upon this life in Jesus' name. While eyes are closed. While eyes are closed. Thank you, Lord. You may be here today and you've never met Jesus. You may grow up Catholic or Christian. Your mum's a Christian or your uncle or your auntie. Maybe a friend brought you today. Maybe you're online today watching for the first time or the hundredth time. I ask you a very simple question. If you leave this life, from this life to the next, would you be confident that you know Him? Would you be confident that He knows you? And if you're not, the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, that's you, man or woman, young or old, whosoever calls upon, that's prayer. The name of the Lord, that's Jesus, shall be saved, that's forgiven. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All across this place, while eyes are closed, you've never met him and you feel a true stirring of your heart to meet him right now 
Pray this prayer with me. We're all going to pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, I turn to you with simple faith. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. Pour out your grace upon my life. I receive it in Jesus' name. And I ask you, fill me, empower me with your spirit. With eyes closed. If you meant business with God today, would you quickly raise your hand, raise up high all across this place. Man, I sense God here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman. I thank you for the touch of God that's here right now. Draw everyone that needs to come to get prayer. Draw everyone that needs to come. Breathe across your families, your men, your 